This is Novel Marketing. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. I'm James L. Rubart. And I'm Robin Lee Hatcher. And this is the show for novelists who don't necessarily love marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. This week, we're joined by special guest, as you just heard, Robin Lee Hatcher. And she's going to give us some insight into an extremely powerful marketing tool, Author Scavenger Hunts. But before we get to that, let's tell you just a little bit about Robin, if you're not familiar with her. I, I don't understand how you could not be familiar with her. She's written over 70 books. Yes, 70 books. She's award-winning, best-selling. As she, you can imagine, she doesn't hurt for publishers wanting to partner with her. She started in the general market and wrote for publishers such as Leisure Books, Harper Paperbacks, Avon Books, and Silhouette. In 1997, she felt the call to write stories infused with her deep faith in God, and since then has written for Thomas Nelson, Zondervan, Ravel, Steeplehill, Tyndale, Multnomah, and Waterbrook. So basically everybody. Uh, and this past September, Robin received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the American Christian Fiction Writers Association. Robin and I have known each other for years uh, via email, but we actually met for the first time this past September, and we, we thought we might have met before, but that was the official first meeting. So it's very fun to have Robin on the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We are very excited. You could have just said, Jim, she's the real deal, you know, kind of left <laughs> that it at that. It, yeah. So, all right. So, Robin, we've heard a lot about and we've watched, and, I've, and Jim, you've participated in something called a book scavenger hunt. But uh, before we talk about how to do one of those, could you explain kind of what a book scavenger hunt is and why a reader would participate in one? Yes. Um, the the scavenger hunt, we get authors together and we um, have people um, go from site to site looking for clues. But it's also an opportunity then for each author to share about their books, to share something from their research, to just let readers have a peek into their lives. And, um, and then by the end, they can uh, win a great prize. And so it's a lot of fun for readers and for the writers. So it's kind of like a game where people are looking for clues and they're competing with other readers. Is that right? That's right. I mean, all anybody has to do is put together the clues that are from all the sites and, and then enter them in the, in the form to be entered in the contest. Um, but it's, it's not that hard, but it is time-consuming, especially if they take the time to really read the information that's there. Okay. So what kind of clues uh, do authors hide on their websites? Actually, the, the organizer for the event, um, which is what I have done recently, is they pick um, quotes, usually from writers or about writers, and then break those quotes up so that there's um, one or two words on each website and then so by the time they get um, all the clues collected they have uh, something that makes sense and they know who said it <laughs> very interesting so I've had a chance as a web design uh, web guy to look at our clients' websites who've participated in one of these book scavenger hunts. I'm like, what happened for these three days or for this week? And they're like, oh, I was doing a scavenger hunt. That's why the numbers are five times better, 10 times, sometimes 20 times higher than their normal traffic uh, for that day. Uh, what have you seen as the results of a scavenger hunt in terms of book sales? You know, uh, because I'm traditionally published, uh, that's really hard to answer because uh, reports come in so much later and they don't break them down for the for the weekend. So you can 
get a little bit of a sense of something maybe from Amazon rankings, but it's real hard to actually go, okay, this really made a difference. Um, but the better question, Robin, would be probably how many more newsletter signups did I have or Facebook likes or blog visits, that kind of thing, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I really have increased my newsletter subscriptions and my blog subscriptions and um, Twitter followers and so forth. And and the thing for me as a as a writer that makes it really worthwhile are the times that people say, I've never heard of you before. I've never read one of your books. And now I'm going to, to do that. And the people that mostly participate in these Christian fiction scavenger hunts um, are serious readers of Christian fiction. And so they are delighted to find somebody new because they're going through a lot of books every month. That's a great point. And I, I have the same thing. Every hunt, I, I've been part of three now. And every hunt, I get these emails from people saying, I've never heard of you. I've never heard of your books. Your books sound wonderful. And then you send them on. Uh, one of the things I love about the hunt is you're able to introduce the next author and, and really promote them as well. So it, the, the whole synergy of everyone promoting everyone else, I've just I've seen amazing results in terms of increase in my newsletter and my blog hits and Facebook's like, likes, et cetera. What I like about these scavenger hunts is that they create a sense of urgency. Uh, this is kind of a theme I talk about a lot, it seems, but readers like to procrastinate. And why should I do something today when I could do it tomorrow? Whereas with these scavenger hunts, typically they have a deadline, right, where you have to get it in by a certain day. And so that creates this kind of frenetic, frantic, oh, I got to get it, got to catch them all type attitude, which motivates people to act, whereas they were like, oh, yeah, I'll go check out that website tomorrow. And, of course, tomorrow yeah. never comes. No, in fact, they are so eager to start that even though the hunt doesn't begin until <laughs> Friday at noon, you, you have people beginning on Thursday night. The, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but we have to activate all the sites on Thursday evening so that we can test and say, oh, you, you missed this link here or whatever. We can go through and make sure that it's a flawless experience as much as we can uh, do that. Um, and so uh, we have people that are starting to go through on, on Thursday night and sending complaint emails saying, <laughs> I can't enter the form. And it's because the hunt hasn't started yet. And they've gone through all 30 or 34 sites. Wow. So, so walk me through it. Let's say I've decided me and uh, 10 of my best friends uh, who are all authors want to do a scavenger hunt. What would be the first step? Well, let me ask, Thomas, before you get into that, let me yeah. ask, is there is 10 the right number? Is 30 the right number? Is 20 the right number? Robin, have you found there's an ideal too few or too many authors um, to participate? I I think that 35 is probably absolutely the the tops. And each time that I have been, and, and I should say first, I need to say that Lisa Ton Bergeron is the one who brought uh, the Christian fiction scavenger hunt um, first to the authors. I participated in all of them and I've, I was her assistant when she got them going. So, uh, and she got the idea from the secular market where they were doing it. So, so everybody's been learning. Um, she's always said, and I agree that we shoot for 30 and we generally will go over. There's always a lot of people interested in in doing it. I think James in this last one was our sole male. 
<laughs> the token male. <laughs> Welcome to the world of Christian yeah. fiction. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we 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 try to have a mix of all kinds of Christian fiction. You know, I mean, Christian fiction has almost every genre. In fact, I would have told you ten years ago there will never be horror books in the in the Christian fiction market. And and we really do have writers that write that kind of. Um, scary kind of books. I don't read them myself because I get nightmares. <laughs> but but we have everything to offer readers. If they have a preference, we have it. And so we try to get as many of the genres included in a hunt as we can. Okay, so back to Thomas's question. We've got 10 of us that want to do it, and we're sure we can probably get another 20. What? How do we structure this thing? How do you start? Well, there has to be there has to be that point man. There has to be the person that's in charge or the nag, <laughs> the the one the. Um, Robin was our leader in October, <laughs> and she was she was awesome. She did the, awesome. The whip cracker in chief. Yeah, I am. I'm. You know, uh, the world would not run without codependence. We keep everything <laughs> order, <laughs> um, but. So that's the first thing. You put out the call, you find the authors, uh, you um, begin to put them into a, a spreadsheet. Um, actually, we used a Google Doc because everybody needs to be able to get into the Google Doc um, and enter their information and get what information they also need. Um, so you, you, have your, you have your 30 people. Uh, you need to get them collected probably at least three months in advance before you're going to kick off. Um, I started sending emails that three months out, you begin uh, telling them what it is they need to have on their website. Uh, there's very specific things they need to have both and, at the start and what opening is that? and ending. Real quick, what uh, do they need well, on their website? At the opening, every site needs to have, okay, if you find a broken link here, you can go to this page and you can find the next site. Uh, you want to make it easy. If a site crashes, um, you want to make it so that they don't um, get lost. They can immediately right. go. And so every site has that. Here's the here's the place to go and find all of the links. Um, because some people who are on cheap hosting, their site will crash because of how much traffic they're getting. Yes. Just just to clarify, it's like this is a, a thing that happens. It's fairly frequent, it, which is does. why we don't recommend GoDaddy hosting or other $5 <laughs> a month hosting because uh, it doesn't work when you need it to work. And it it what's the point of it working when no one's visiting your website? So you want to go, that's... just a real quick aside here, uh, I recommend that you go with what's called managed hosting. It's a little bit more expensive. It's more in the 20 to $40 a month range, but it can handle traffic spikes. And a lot of companies that offer the $5 a month hosting like Bluehost also offer managed hosting. And it's you know a little bit more expensive, but it allows your website to keep running during a peak like this, which if mm -hmm. Oprah talks about your book and suddenly a million people go to your website, you want your website to load. And so you don't want cheap hosting because the one time when you need it to work, it won't. That's right. We had a couple of sites that, that um, kept freezing people out. And sometimes it's Internet Explorer versus, you know, something. I mean, mm -hmm. you and and uh, we help as much as we can. I'm fairly tech savvy, um, but I can't be the tech support for all the people. So if somebody is really having an issue, this is something else that we have done since the beginning. If somebody's really having a hard time, 
we don't tell them, well, you're out of luck. We just say, okay, here's the clue for site number 20. Mm. And now they can move on and, and collect some more. So uh, we're not being um, so strict that we cut people out. We want them to go through. And so the idea is that it's a linear process. So I'm site number one all the time. And let's say Jim is site number two. Everyone's going to go to his site after visiting my site. And so if you're site number three and Jim's site's broken, then people have a hard time finding your site. But I imagine there's some website that's got a list of all the sites. Right. Site number one, um, what what you do is you've, you're the stop number one. Then there's another post that has the list of all the sites with direct links to the blog page or the wherever the post is uh, so that it's direct. You don't want somebody to go to a website and then have to hunt around to find where that post is. So um, that's a lot of the stuff that the person in charge is collecting so that they can have it on their on their website. And, and then, something Robin did that was very smart is she had each of us put a link to that list. So if somebody gets stuck, you can't get to number three, they can go back to number two, click go to a page that sends them to post number four or post number five, et cetera. Yeah. And it, it really makes it run so much better. Um, of course, the traffic that my site gets, because I have three pages in the hunt, I have stop number one, I have the final stop, which is where the answers are entered. And then I have the participating authors page. So um, my, my site, I think I got, altogether like 7,600 hits, page views, um, during the hunt. But so I can't really, I have to be careful giving those numbers when everybody's sharing because that's three pages that are getting lots of hits. It isn't just one page. Um, so I think probably people are averaging more in the two to 3,000 as, as an average as people are going through. And that's two to three thousand in what, a two or three day window, right? Two and a half two and a half days. It starts at noon on Friday and it ends at eleven fifty nine PM on Sunday. Okay. So some of you are like three thousand page views, that's not very many page views. And that's true if you're looking at over a month, but in a few days that's not bad page views. If you were to that, multiply that by a whole month, that turns out to be quite a significant number. Well, and when Rob, you have a lot of authors that only get um, maybe 100 page views a day, uh, that's significant Right. when that's their average. so. Um, Robin, and let's talk just for a minute because one of the benefits, as we already mentioned, is you suddenly you have all these people signing up for your newsletter that never knew about you before. And Thomas and I are big believers that the, 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 the gold of marketing is uh, – an email list, right, that you can talk to on a regular basis. The cost of this to participate is so, so minimal. Can, can you talk to, about that just for a little bit? Right. With, when you have, you know, 30 to 35 people participating, you can give a nice prize uh, for a very small amount of money. And we've done um, various things. We've done an iPad. We've done Kindles. We've done uh, a Kindle with a gift certificate. Uh, so we've, we've played around with lots of different things. Um, so this time we gave, uh, it was a Kindle Fire HDX 7-inch, but we were able to go up to the very top model uh, with, you know, the largest um, gigabytes. Um, and so, and it was $10 per author. 
And then each author also um, will give two books to two runners or one book to two runners up. So that's that's your investment. So for this time it was ten dollars. Sometimes it's been as much as fifteen dollars. I don't think we've ever gone fifteen over whole that. dollars. Fifteen whole dollars. <laughs> and that's just and, I don't know if I can afford something like yeah. that. <laughs> and and two books and you and you do have to agree to mail your books anywhere in the world. Um and but I don't know that we've ever had winners outside of maybe Canada at most. Um, but we're, we're agreed to do it if, if they come up. So, um, we do get people from all over, all over the world, quite a few people from, um, Canada, of course, is the first right after the U S, um, Australia is next after them. And then we're just everywhere, just everywhere. So I've gone through the uh, scavenger hunt. I have my 30 clues. There's a form on your website where I enter in all 30 clues, and then I assume I give you my email address, and then I can click some sort of submit button, and now you have my email address. Do you use that to let people know about the next scavenger hunt and the next scavenger hunt? No. You just use that to let them know about if they want a prize. Right. We use Rafflecopter. Mm -hmm. So are we privy to everybody's email address? Yes, but no, uh, we don't. And, of course, I think that really it's better I don't want them knowing that they can be lazy and I will notify them next time there's a scavenger hunt. (laughs) I want them to sign up for my newsletter or my blog so that then they find out the information that way. Gotcha. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) somebody's listening, they're going, I want to do one of these. Can you talk about, I know how much time I invested as an author, but I want you to talk about how much time you invested as the one that led this if somebody is thinking of doing the same. Um, <laughs> I probably should have kept track of the hours. Um, it was, it was intense at times, mm-hmm. um, because this was my fifth hunt and my second time, time to, um, be the, be the lead. Um, it was a little bit easier. I knew what emails needed to be sent. I needed, I knew what needed to be said to the authors and reminders, um, such as, okay, don't do any um, plug-in updates this week because you never know what's <laughs> going to break your site at the last moment. In fact, I did have a plug-in yeah. mess with my site. Fortunately, my site kept operating. I just couldn't have gone in and made any corrections. And that wasn't even for any reason. There hadn't even been an update. It just was a plug-in that went bad. So uh, you never know when something like this is is going to happen. Um, but God was merciful, and we made it all the way through before I had to go searching for what was the what was the cause. But th- there was a lot of time invested. On Thursday night, um, I had two helpers who were proofreaders, and it probably takes each one of them three hours to go through all the sites and. And find uh, the links that are wrong, the um, something is missing that needs to be added, what, whatever it is. Um, and they were doing that, and I, and then they were reporting to me every time they found something, and I was sending emails, and I was working with the authors, and I, 
I forget now, but it was, I sent well over a hundred emails in that three hour time period as we were, and, and like, there are some authors who are completely not tech savvy. So if they, if you have somebody you can trust and they trusted me, they give me their password and ID and I could go into their websites and I could fix what needed to be fixed. And then I could, um, get it going because they wouldn't know how to do it. So it helps if you have somebody like that. But. Now, if you did a smaller uh, competition, it would be a lot less work, but more money to put up the prize. So if you did it with just 10 people, it's only 10 websites to make sure stay working, but each person would need to put up 30 or $40 instead of having 30 people who each put up 10. Right. And I, I do think that the, uh, that the readers really like to have more than 10. I think you maybe 20 to 25, they would be satisfied with, but I think you might, um, they might not feel like they got as much fun out of it, probably because also they have been doing this now. Um, and, um, there's another group that also has started doing Christian fiction scavenger hunts. And so there's probably four of them going on over the course of a year now. Robin, yeah. I guess I guess my final question, and Thomas might have a final question as well, but we've really uh, we've gone longer than we normally go on our podcast, and yet we I feel like we've barely scratched the surface. Did you find any sites uh, on Google or anywhere else to help you with this, or is it, was it mostly trial and error? Where would somebody go to find out more about how to schedule their own? Oh wow, maybe I should. You know, I think we have just. Um, we have learned, Lisa learned from what was happening in the, in the general market, and then she brought it, and then I learned from her uh, as her assistant. Um, so the, the other group that started up, it looks like they did a lot of the things that we have done, but may have done some things differently. So perhaps perhaps we need to do a teaching seminar or something. <laughs> I, I think that would be valuable, definitely. One final thing I would recommend if you are thinking about uh, participating in an author's uh, scavenger hunt or hosting your own is to uh, participate in one as a reader first. Uh, and so this actually leads well into our final question for you, Robin, which is where can more, uh, people find out about you and know next time you do a scavenger hunt so they can follow along? Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, I'm at uh, www.robinleehatcher.com. R-O-B-I-N-L-E-E-H-A-T-C-H-E-R. Um, my blog is there. I sign up for my newsletter is there. Links to all my social media is there. So that's the best place to start. All right. And, and you got to tell a... us a little bit. You got to tell us a little bit about your latest release, please. Oh, my latest release is Love Without End. It's um, starting to reach stores, although the official release date is the 18th of November, but it's already, uh, I've heard from readers saying that they, they have found it. So um, so it's there now. Uh, it's the first book in the um, King's Meadow romance series. It's their contemporary stories. And um, I, I did a, a contemporary women's fiction release a little over a year ago, um, and I fell in love with King's Meadow, and um, and I just was not ready to leave. And I had pretty much tortured a character in that book. Really, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. It wasn't a romance novel, and he definitely didn't get the girl. And so when I realized that that readers were really loving King's Meadow as much as I did, I knew I wanted to stay there for a while. And so um, the hero of this book is is Chet Leonard, and he's the one I tortured in the previous book. And so he gets his own chance at a happy ever after. 
<laughs> I love it. I love but to it. find we'll out think... if he actually gets that chance, read more. Yeah. <laughs> you, go, out, go out and get the book. So, Robin, thank you so much for being with us. This was just a delight to have you on. We appreciate it. It was fun to be here. Thanks, you guys. This edition of the Novel Marketing Podcast has been brought to you by My Book Table, which just passed 10,000 downloads. In other words, this thing works. Very popular. It's a must-have plug-in for your WordPress website. It'll help you sell more books and even make you money as an affiliate on sites like Amazon and Barnable, etc. All you need to do to get it is go to mybooktable.com. And uh, Jim and I are going through our iTunes reviews, and we've been so excited at uh, the wonderful reviews that so many of you have left us. But we noticed uh, there's uh, no review from you, and we were wondering, if is it something that we said? Do, do we hurt your feelings? We're willing to apologize, uh, but uh, we would love it if uh, you uh, would leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> this has been the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between.